Hi everyone and welcome to the show in partnership with the awesome Najahi events. More about them later. Gosh, we've got, we've got well, I don't even know how to start this one because we've got one with us today. This lady met me a few weeks ago and when I learned what she did, um, it made me start feeling really uncomfortable in my own skin. It made me start thinking, um, you know, was I going to get either character assassinated or was I going to get, you know, in a, in a position with somebody that was, you know, like when you're being, you know, uh, what's it, assessed and interrogated and all that kind of stuff. That's how it, that's how I thought it was going to be. Um, but she wasn't like that at all. And that's why I've invited her to come and talk to us today on the show. So let me give you a bit of a rundown. Sandy is a personal brand image expert and founder of Brio5, a leading personal branding studio focused on personal branding, photography, empowerment, and executive leadership. She helps people discover their wow factor uh, to launch a powerful, authentic, and alluring personal brand with confidence. She's a TEDx speaker. She's certified high performance coach. She's a confidence catalyst in, you know, for over two decades. And so when, you, when you've got someone like that, that's got that kind of experience and, and that knowledge and that background, she's someone that we really need to listen to. So let's cue the music and get stuck into what I think you're going to find is a fascinating conversation. Sandy, thank you for coming to join us on the show today. I get these really weird and wonderful guests along the way that have these different stories to tell, different experiences they've had from kind of like exciting stuff that's going on in the world of crypto right now. I've had people that have been through, you know, really horrific stories in, in their childhood that have turned their lives into something good. People that have gone through amazing things along the way that have just turned, changed their life and made them start thinking differently about who they are and, and really start living again. And that always fascinates me. But there's one thing my audience knows that I'm not into. And that's woo-woo. Yes. Okay. And, and I don't know why... I'm not into that either. Okay. And so you take something... Um, we had John Asaraf on the show recently, and um, it was great. And my audience love him, and they talk about him a lot. But when I watch TV shows or movies like The Secret, mm -hmm. and, you know, visualize it, and it will come, and all that kind of stuff, and get your inner energy to start working for you... Put it out to the universe. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, put it out to the universe. For me... It's like, come on, man. The, the results of everything are down to the action you take. And in, in my world, it's input. Take the action. Take the action. Let the output take care of itself. And so without going into too much detail in that area, and without making me an absolute victim, okay, of what you're about to talk about today, and without making me the guinea pig, okay, so if you do, me kind on me, how does doing what you do make a difference to people? And I'm going to start focus on men okay, in your world rather than women, if that's okay with you. Yeah, no problem. 65% of my business are men. Good. And I target women. Really? Mm -hmm. I have zero advertising. All of the language, the colors, the artwork, the imagery, it's all targeted at women. And 65% are men that come to me. Do you think you get on better with men than women? It's different. I know how to speak to men, so they enjoy working with me, while some women don't know how to communicate with men. I've done a lot of research in understanding the differences between men and women. So for me, it's easy, so men feel comfortable. Got it. Right, come on, tell everyone what you do. Give us, give us this, this, this introduction, this the elevator pitch. I'm a personal branding image expert, and I help people truly understand who they are so they can show up as themselves and get what they want. Okay, so that sounds to me when you say truly who they are, is it truly who they are or truly who they think they need to be? Exactly. It's who they are. So what most people tend to do is they put out to the world who they think the world wants them to be. So they might be superficial. They might be uh, acting a certain way. They're, they play the role of an actor. You want me to like you. I want to like you. I'm going to put on the way I think you're going to like me and vice versa. They put on a role. And I teach people, be yourself. Because yeah, if you're yourself, let's say you make inappropriate comments at times. Let's say you're funny. Let's say you're super sweet. And you're worried that the other person won't like you for those traits, right? Maybe you have to be a little bit more conservative. You have to be a little bit more uh, outspoken. And you're pretending to be those things. It's not going to connect with the other person. They're going to see right through you. Well, if you just own who you are, yeah, maybe you won't connect with the other person. But maybe that person's not meant for you. And now the people who you would attract are going to look at you and then become diehard raving fans. 
So I build my whole audience based off of who I actually am. So when I show up on my videos, I'm on popular on Instagram and I just started a TikTok channel and one of my videos recently went viral and it was the one where I was the most authentically myself. So when I am being me, I'm silly, I'm playful, I like making jokes and pulling pranks on people and it shows. I make faces all the time and my audience just loves it. And the most comments I get are, oh my gosh, it's so refreshing. You're so natural. I love watching your faces. You crack me up. And then they share it and they share it and they share it. And then you go viral. I've met you a few times and I would describe you as a fun, bubbly, somewhat cheeky character. You got it. Okay, right. So that's much my impression of you. Yeah. Um, and when we, were, when we were chatting the other day with Ken, you were talking about the similarities between Ken and I. And those similarities that you spoke about, to me, were the things that were truly me, but I think the outside world would think were damn boring. <laughs> exactly. But that's my point. Those things that were truly you, you connected with someone like Ken, and he goes, oh my gosh, you and I are so alike. Let me introduce you to all of my friends who are like me too. So now your whole community can grow exponentially with like-minded people who get you, love you, and appreciate you. And that's what this is all about. Mm, okay. Well, look, I think there's a lot of people that are in business, whatever business they're in, whether they're doing you know, online coaching and all those kind of stuff that they can do, selling products, selling real estate, whatever it may be, they want to sell to everybody. Yeah, and that's they the biggest to, mistake. Exactly. They want to close the deal. I was coaching the guy this morning that I work with in the UK, and he's like, you know, Spencer, I've had some rejection recently. A couple of people said no to me, and I was like, great. Yeah. Great. And he's yeah. like, oh no, but you know, sometimes it affects my confidence. I'm like, what do you think? You can sell to everyone? Do you think you're right for everyone? Do you think everyone's going to buy from you? With respect, Mike, you're a lot like me. You're a little bit chubby and you're a little bit boring. And he's that, and, that, and, that, and it, that's because that's what he is. We're just that, we're that kind of people. There's nothing great about and exciting about us. And I'm like, you're not going to fit everyone. You know, you're going to meet people sometimes. Do you buy off of everyone? He's like, no. I'm like, you know, it's going to be that way. So Spencer, I'm going to challenge you on something. Yeah. You've repeated a couple of times how boring you are. Yeah. I think it's actually the opposite. You're quite interesting. You just have forgotten how interesting you are or you dismiss it. And a lot of people do that. One of the things that Ken Rakowski loves to say is, what's your speed to cool? And I've actually incorporated that in my teachings as well because your speed to cool are those unique things about you that you forget about, but other people go, oh, that's cool that lean in moment. It's the thing that's memorable to them so that they can talk about you. And guess what? When they talk about you, you become memorable to others and others want to get to know you. And now you start attracting the right people. Is, because I think there's a bit of an issue around this. Mm -hmm. in, when you meet Americans, okay, and they tell you about how successful they are. That's bragging a lot of times, yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe facts, but you know, how well have you done? I've done this well, okay. In my culture where I come from, you don't do that right. because the reason you don't do it, not because it's not true, not because it's not a great thing to say, it's because the judgment of others, when you do that, you believe makes people think either lesser of you or think you're a bit of a dick maybe. Right. And it's also how you do it. If I were to walk in the room and just go, oh, you know, I had dinner with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, very, very intimate. And I got to talk to them about making the Titanic. <laughs> I sound like a bragging jerk. But if we're having a conversation and I bring up, well, you know, one time I had dinner with Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, and it was really amazing. I got to learn all about the Titanic. And when I learned about the Titanic, I discovered, now I'm building it into a story. It becomes different. But I need to know what those cool things are about me to leave that impact. So now when I tell that story, I'm bringing it in. Then people can remember it go, oh, oh, I got to tell you about this girl. She went to dinner with Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. It was so cool. Let me tell you about her memorable. Mm. So it's all about how you present yourself, how you carry yourself and how you tell your story. I teach a class and recently we talked about this issue because that's what a lot of the students were asking. Well, how do I not come across as arrogant? How do I not come across like I'm bragging? Well, the difference between arrogance and confidence is confidence is really knowing that you're good at something and being proud of it and loving yourself for it. Arrogance is thinking that you're good. So you can tell when someone walks in, the way their chest is puffed out and they're like bragging right off the bat, oh, I did this, no, I did that. They're being arrogant, especially when it causes you to cringe. If you cringe at their words or you back up or you're like, ooh, then they're being arrogant. But if they're coming in warm and they're smiling and they're proud of what they do and they speak with kindness and compassion, then they're confident. Pay attention, you can really see the difference. Yeah, okay, I get that. For, for me, I think that when, when people do that, though, I don't necessarily think of, of that person doing it. I think about the mindset of the person receiving it. Mm -hmm. 
And you know, the majority of people are filled with the green-eyed monster. Yeah. And so when they hear somebody, no matter how it's positioned, nicely, positively, encouragingly, or whatever it may be, okay, that other person then retreats into, I'm now jealous of you. Do you want that person in your life? Ah, but when, you, when, when there's an audience, okay, it, when it's a close friend, absolutely not. But when it's an audience from maybe from a commercial point of view, mm -hmm. do you have to accept that there's some of those people anyway? 100%. And those are not the people I would want. So with my audience, I've managed to weed out all of those green-eyed monsters. They either drop off, they stop following me, or I just don't care about them. And I focus hyperly on being myself to attract the right people. And guess what? When I get those people in my life, when they hire me for my business, it's so much more rewarding. I feel so much better. I have so much more energy and I'm ignited to be better and do better because I know that being myself is helping someone else. All it takes is helping one person. And from helping one person, then you find success because then you help another and another and another. You have to build that audience. I don't have a huge social media following, but I have a loyal social media following and I have a social media following that I love. They love me and we trust each other. That's much more important than having millions of followers and then they're hating you and leaving nasty comments and saying nasty things on your social media. So it's, you have to decide, what do you want in your life? Do you want a following? Do you want people? Do you want clients? Do you want friends that truly love you for you and you can reap the reward of that and the benefit of that? Or do you want to have to deal with the haters all the time? I think if I, I, I mean, if you go back 10 or 15 years when if anybody would write something negative online, yeah. that was the worst thing possible all those years ago. You know, because you thought the whole world was going to read it. And right? they probably would if it was like a Yelp page or some sort of like... <laughs> Underneath a YouTube video, you know, someone's written, so everyone on YouTube is going to read this and going to hate me. Yeah. Okay, nowadays I think it's comedy. Okay, now, nowadays I've, I've got a much thicker skin towards it. Let, let's talk about the, the work that you do. I, I want to make me the guinea pig and I want you to be kind. Okay. All right? I'm always kind. I know, but... I'm in a cheeky way. <laughs> so... Let's say I said, look, I've been following your stuff. I like what you do, okay? How do I get to work with you and what are you gonna to do to help me? What kind of process do you go through to try and identify whether I'm the right candidate to work with you and what kind of problems do you fix? Well, it just starts with you making a choice to change your life. And this isn't woo-woo because the process that I put people through requires work. So this isn't some fluffy, I'm going to look at you and go, you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and it's going to be so easy, and we're going to be all happy and butterflies. No, I'm going to be real with you, and I'm going to say, this is what's not working, and this is why, and here's what you have to do. And when you don't do it, I'm going to check in with you and go, okay, it's not going to work because you didn't do that. So I have a process that sets the foundation for you. So it takes you to the basics. It makes you go back in time, look at how you were, look at how you are, and look at what you want and then define who you actually are based off of those things because you have to evaluate everything. Once you define who you are, then you take the next step of creating a story, a real story for yourself, one that represents you well. Then it's creating a look and feel for your brand. How does it look? How do you look when you walk into a room? What are you wearing? How is your haircut? What type of shoes are you wearing? How is the environment that you're in? Then we go into owning who you are in terms of your presence. How are you presenting yourself? How are you carrying yourself? And all of these steps that I take people through are process. It's work because you actually have to do them, figure them out and implement them. Because I believe that confidence comes with experience and that's what I put people through. It's an experience process to become strong, to become excellent, to become the best version of you. And it doesn't come with excuses. So when the people I work with give excuses, oh, I was really tired this week, oh, I was really busy, oh, I didn't do it, I'm like, great, when are you gonna get it done? Mm -hmm. And I hold them to the fire. So I have a bunch of different processes. I have an online program that's a do-it-yourself. It's nine weeks. I have a 12-week group coaching call so they can do the nine-week class and add the 12 weeks of calls where I walk you through it and I help you through all of your issues. And then I do private one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that one's really tough. Okay. Let's dig, dig a little bit deeper here because last night I was at an award ceremony. Uh -huh. So black tie, turn up at the event and, and, I, and I walked into the foyer and as I walked in, there were people I recognized. So I immediately went over and said hi to those people. Mm -hmm. The organizers, the, the, the people that, who were hosting the event, they, they obviously knew me, they greeted me and, and I was then given my, um, uh, my, my seat on whatever table, the table number. Mm -hmm. And the table number was C2. Didn't have anything else apart from C2. 
And so I'm asking other people, what table are you on? <laughs> what table are you on? <laughs> Hoping I'm going to find someone that I know and thinking they're going to be on my table. And like, what are you? I'm a C3. What are you? D7. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to be on the table with strangers. You're sweating yeah? bullets because you don't want to be at the strange so, table. Yeah. yeah, anyway, the, 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 they, walk, they walk me through this big, great big, uh, it was at the Opera House, they're down to my table. Right. Luckily, there was two people that I knew really well on my table that I, I saw their names. I'm like, yes, okay, Rick's going to be here. Okay, Fibber's going to be here. Awesome. And then there were these four people. Ooh, scary. Right? And I'm on the, they're, they're on the table and I'm walking towards the table and I'm like, oh, And they're God. thinking, oh, God, now we got to talk to this new guy. Yeah. No, because I'm, I'm dashing, so of course they want to talk to me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I can't see because I've now, I've now practiced him with contact lenses and I'm convinced I've got one of my contact lenses on either inside out or not across my pupils. So when I got like that, I could see them. But when I went like that, I couldn't see them properly. Anyway, so I had that going on in my mind. I go over there and I'm like, hi, how are you? And whenever I meet people, hi, how are you? What's your name? Where are you from? That kind of stuff. Basically. The moment they ask me, I go, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what to say. All right. And because what do you do? And because I do so many different things, I don't know where to start. Yeah. And so, and, and I don't know how to package it. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, um, I, 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 I've got a bunch of companies. I do different stuff like this, this, this. Anyway. I did that, I don't think they really got it. And then I sat down and as I sat down, the other two people that knew me then came and sat down. So, so Rick was here, Fibber was there, sat down, they were around here. Yep. Anyway, Rick, I'm the managing director of XYZ company, Fibber, I'm the sales director of XYZ company, this is what I do, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, do you know Spencer? And like, yeah, yeah, we just met Spencer. Spencer, and this guy Rick goes, Spencer is Dubai's sales guru. Yep. And they went, oh really? Mm -hmm. I hadn't said that because I would never say that. Right. So when when it comes to introducing myself, that that's a challenge for me to start with. Yeah. And it also makes me feel like maybe because I can't explain it, have I lost focus? No, not at all. You just have to get super clear on who you are, how you want to define yourself, and you have to go into that situation with intention. So what's the outcome that you want from sitting at that table? Do you want to make new friends? Do to you leave want to as new... leave as soon as possible. <laughs> you want me okay. to be honest? Do you want well, me to be honest? Well, then you did it right. <laughs> <laughs> Like my, my, that type of event, my wife is in in heaven. That's that's her heaven, that, that type of place. Me, I walk into it. And, and my dad said something to me a little while ago that really connected with me. My, my dad's 76 years old and he doesn't like crowds. Yeah. Okay. He used to like crowds, but he doesn't like crowds. And he I went, don't like crowds either. Well, he went to the theater with my stepmother and my dad said, I was at the theater. I sat down, had my program, waited for the show to start. And then uh, the halfway break, I went to the bathroom. And he said, and I went to the bathroom and I went into one of the cubicles and I started to cry. Mm. And he said, it, I, I couldn't bear being in that environment. It really freaked me out and I just had to leave. And my, my dad, when, when your dad tells you that he starts to cry when he's like a big macho dad, mm -hmm. that's kind of really affects you. But as he was explaining it, once I was going through the, the emotions with him, my dad sat and thought to myself, I don't like that either. Mm -hmm. I don't like being in those environments. It doesn't make me happy being in those environments. In fact, in fact, you know, it, the worst thing that I can ever get invited to is a wedding. <laughs> and I'm sorry for anyone that might want to invite me. They won't now. But going, the thought of going to a wedding and sitting with a bunch of people I don't know and spending the day is something that's really uncomfortable for me. So considering my, you said you have to be your true self, you're, you're, you're the real person that you are. Yeah. Um, that then surely is a limitation for me to be able to be something I expect I need to be. Yes, but that's if you define yourself as the kind of person who refuses to go hang out with crowds. And I don't actually think that's who you really are. So let's, let's rewind. Spencer, what were you like as a little boy, like two, three, maybe four years old? What were you like? I've no idea. Think hard. I don't have a memory of that time. I remember the first memory I have, I must have been five or six learning to ride a bike. Okay, what did your parents say about you? Um, my parents got divorced when I was seven mm -hmm. and my dad went bankrupt and so uh, I was with my mum most of the time at that age. I think my mum was really loving and supportive. I think I'm the only boy in the family, so I think that... Okay, so how did your mum describe you as a little boy? You must have overheard um, her at some point. Oh, when Spencer was little... My mum describes so me as a little boy to Anna, my wife now, when I was a little boy. She, okay. she describes me as a little shit. <laughs> So, be more specific. Did she specifically say a little shit? Yeah, little shit. Exactly those words. He's a little. He was a little shit. Why? How so? Um, I used to steal the twenty pence pieces out of a jar at the bottom of my wardrobe to go to the candy store. 
Um, ah, that's interesting. What else yeah. did she say? Um, it, I was always causing trouble. Okay, what else? But as a kid, um, I don't remember much more than that. Okay, so those two things are very interesting. So you were interested in money at a young age, finances, and what you could do with it. I was interested in sweets. But you knew you needed money to get the sweets. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, some kids would have just stolen the sweets. Okay. You yeah, hear all the stories that. where the mom goes, don't steal, ah, and the kid's very little and grabs it and just takes it and goes. You knew strategically, I have to get the money to get the thing I want. Mm -hmm. And mom has the money, so I'm going to take it from mom out of the candy jar. Where, where does she no, no, She used to collect. In England, years ago, we had this new coin that came out, which was a 20 pence piece. And when it came out, my mom's like, I'm going to collect those. Yeah. And there was a jar where her shoes are in the back of the wardrobe. So you knew where it was. Summer holidays. And I would take one of them out every day. And then until I got to a couple of them out every day, until one day, mum says, get up, get out of bed. And she found out I'd taken the money. So you collected the money over time before buying the candy? No, no, no. I as soon as I got it, I went straight to the candy store. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the English guys here will know the, the, the blackjacks and the fruit salads, but the Americans maybe not. And uh, yeah. But so cola, cola cubes. You were great at getting the money to get the thing that you wanted. Yeah. Okay. What was the other thing she said you were pesky? A little shit. <laughs> well, knowing how you are now, I would say that's pretty accurate. You get to be a little cheeky and, and a little bit of uh, playfulness there. Usually when moms say you're a little shit, that means you're a little bratty as a child. And But that's a sign of intelligence. That's a sign of creativity. That's a sign of so many things that makes your personality bigger than life itself. That's why your mom called you a little shit because she couldn't deal with it. But that translates into who you are today. So if you look at how you are, you know how to use money to get what you want. You are cheeky, you know you are, you make jokes all the time. And you stir up a little bit of trouble here and there. And you have attitude, but it's a fun, playful attitude. That's what cheeky little kids do. So who you were as a child, if you're still living that today, that's being authentically you. Problem is most people aren't. So they look at how they were as a child. A lot of people tell me, oh, as a child, I was, I was the one who led all the kids. I was the one who loved, I pet all the animals. I had to touch every single animal. I was the one who was always drawing all the time. Great, what are you now? Oh, I don't go out. Do you have a lot of friends? No, I, I stay away from people. Are, are you happy? You know, I'm really, really miserable. Because you're not living authentically in who you were as a child. So you have to really define who is that? And then look at who are you are now? So how would you describe yourself today? Gosh, uh, 51, um, decent human being, proud father. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go around going, I'm amazing, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. It's just, it's not in my nature to do that. Right. Um, Boring was a word I heard a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, I, I prefer, you know, I, I want to watch documentaries. I don't want to, I don't want to watch crap TV and I, mm -hmm. I like to study and learn and I want to do that. and. Um, I like talking one-to-one -one with people. I'm very comfortable with that. And the podcast is a good example. But, you know, this morning at six o'clock, I was out walking with a neighbor and we walked for an hour and a half. I, I like that type of interaction. I feel comfortable in that environment. So why would you define that as boring? What makes that boring? Think about it. Because boring. it's not, because it's not, it's not, I don't it. know, lead singer of the Kinks or the Beatles. Or it's not, it's not rock and roll. It's not, it's not movie star. It's not cool. It's just... It's average, it's what loads of people do. But is it average? Because loads of people would rather watch Netflix and binge on Desperate Housewives mm -hmm. or The Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. They don't actually watch documentaries. Most people are not walking with their neighbor. Most people aren't sitting one-on-one. -on -one. They're going to groups to be in loud environments where they're drinking so they don't have to engage one-on-one -on -one with people. That's average. If you look at the grand scheme of things, that's boring. Just to you, since it's different than what you do, it feels to you like what you're doing is boring because you're just used to it. But really, it's not. It's very different from what most people do, which makes it, in turn, interesting. It also makes you more educated because you're actually learning things as opposed to just absorbing knowledge, going on social media and just scrolling through pictures like, like, judge, judge. You're not doing that. So now it's time to take the words that you're using now and redefine them. Create new words for yourself. So instead of saying, I'm boring, I'm boring, I'm boring, try something different. I'm educated. I that am. boring. <laughs> no, but, but then people go, really, you're educated. What are you educated in? That's not boring. It might be to you, but remember, to someone else, it's not going to be. Then the fact that you really get to know people, that's fascinating. 
Think of how many people in your circle respect you, admire you, and trust you because you take that time to get to know them. While other people just brush over a glaze, forget their birthdays, forget things like that. You don't do that because you actually understand and know people. That's fascinating. I think that's interesting. So it's time for you to just shift those words and make them more representative of the amazing gifts that you're giving to the world. Like, tell us about, I know you're doing some give back work. What would that be? The documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people know about it. I'm making, well, I'm making a documentary, aren't I? About? about uh, uh, I'm going to talk about me and about all this yeah. kind of stuff right now. Okay. Human, tra- human trafficking. Human trafficking. How many people do that? No, not many. Exactly. I'm sitting on my podcast and I feel really uncomfortable. I know you do. I can see you. Your whole body posture changed. But that's really fascinating. Think of the people listening to your podcast for the first time and didn't know that. Now they're like, wait, hold on. What do you do? And because you read documentaries, you educate yourself, you connect with people on a human level, one-on-one, you're building that beautiful space to give more back to people by helping end human trafficking. But does that... This is, where, this is where sometimes the, the challenge comes because people say to me, Spence, we love what you do. I follow all your stuff. I watch your videos. They're great. I'm, I love the way you talk about this. I love your podcast. What is it you do? And that's where you have to get clear and that's where the personal branding and defining who you are and really understanding what you're about and how you represent yourself in a quick pitch is that thing that you say very quickly, like I did at the beginning. That's where that has to get some clarity. That's the work that I do. So I help people sit down like you. A lot of my clients are CEOs, executives, are successful people who don't know how to describe themselves, who don't know who they are. Excuse me. Don't know who they are. Yes, let me drink one. Hold on, that's a really important thing you just said. I feel like that. Who don't know who they are. I don't don't really know. I don't really know who I am because I'm I'm lots of things, but it's almost being lots of things means I'm nothing as well. Exactly, a jack of all trades. I battled with that for years. I was a jack of all trades. And I figured out decades into it that it was because I didn't value myself as a person. So I know originally we started out talking about going woo-woo. This isn't about being woo-woo. This is about truly understanding who you are, how you define yourself, and then loving yourself. So for example, if you were to walk down the street and you were to run into a man, you've never seen this man before, you have no idea who he is, You bump into each other, you turn around, you greet each other, and this man is you. But you don't know that. You're completely unaware that it's you. And you were to strike up a conversation with him. What kind of things would you talk about? I wouldn't. I'd ask questions. Ah. So if you're asking questions, how do you think you would respond to your own questions? Well, you'd have your general rapport building questions, I think, that would take place at the beginning, where you're from, how long you've been here, that kind of stuff. So he's from the same place? Mm -hmm. What reaction would you give him? No way. Your parents are the same name. That'd be freaky. (laughs) That'd be really freaky, wouldn't it? (laughs) You like the same Indian restaurant in Dubai. Do you think you would start to go, this guy is awesome. We like the same things. You have the same problems. You would relate. You would connect. Yeah. All of a sudden, this person that you don't know is amazing. Would you not agree? Yeah. At the end of that conversation, you walk away. Would you like that person? Yeah, absolutely. How much? Would you want to hang out again? Yeah. They'd be pretty awesome, right? Yeah. That's how you have to love yourself. And that's what we overlook. We get so caught up in our minds about other people. Well, will they like me? Am I showing up right? What if they don't think it's good enough? What if they don't like me? I don't know how to explain myself. It doesn't matter if you love who you are. I have to tell you, if I were to show up and meet myself, we would have the most fun. We would make the goofiest faces. We would laugh all the time. We would, I do this thing with creating lyrics to songs. If I know the song, I can change the lyrics on the fly to anything. If I could do that with someone else, oh my gosh, we would be like a YouTube wonder. We would have the best time. I, I love myself. Does this mean I have to be happy and perfect and positive every minute of every day? No. But when things get me down, I don't actually get sad on myself. I might get down at the situation. But then when I reflect... I'm freaking awesome. I love me. I would hang out with me all day. That's what you have to do. Does that kind of work only apply to people that are in the right frame of mind to want to embark and embrace that kind of work? Because I think that a lot of people aren't in that, I don't know who I am, but guess what? I'm okay. A lot of people are in that, that I don't know who I am. I have imposter syndrome or I'm actually 
I'm depressed is too too strong a word, but it's a true. It's the truth. I'm I'm low. I'm down. Mm -hmm. I'm lacking in confidence. My self esteem is low. Yep. So when you say that kind of stuff, um, theoretically, that sounds like a, a really smart thing to do. You know, hell, hell yeah. why would you not? Practically, though, considering the state of mind a lot of people are in, mm -hmm. they've got to lift themselves up to that place before they even embark. Would that be fair? Confidence comes with experience, not excuses. So if you are sitting there and you're feeling depressed, you're feeling down on yourself and you're not actively doing these processes to pull yourself out, you are actually creating the experience of being in a bad state. And then you stay in it and you dwell in it and nothing gets better. But if you're in this situation, okay, I'm really depressed right now, everything sucks, I'm in a negative space, but you actively practice, okay, let me reset myself, let me change something, let me, let me see where this is coming from. You do some mindfulness to check in on yourself. Where am I thinking? What am I in right now? And you reset that then you are taking the active practice of pulling yourself out of that situation. People choose everything. You choose to be depressed. And, and I, I get this argument, no, I don't choose. I have to be on medication, this and that. No, you choose it if you don't get up and go get help. If you don't get up and change your environment. If you don't get up, go to a doctor and say, what's wrong with me? Is it hormones? Is it dietary? Is it something in my mind? Is it something that I'm just creating it the, in the moment because of my situation, how do I change that? If you don't actively get up and change something, then yes, it's your fault. But if you're creating that change, you're getting up and you're doing something every single time, taking a new program, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling sad, you're feeling depressed, go hang out with friends, you're changing your state, your environment, your space, then you can create the life that you want. So when you ask about mindset, yes, it's a mindset. You have to put your mind to the task of actively changing something. It feels to me like the personal trainer that has the guy that's overweight, yeah. that's wife has sent him to the gym to get his ass into gear. Mm -hmm. But as he walks in the gym, he's kind of dragging his feet and his bags around his ankles as he goes in. And he's like, morning, you know, rather than the guy that bounces through the doors as he goes in, looking forward to his session. Yeah. Now, I know I can be both of those people. So can I? <laughs> I'm more of the dragging kind of, yeah. oh, I gotta do this. <laughs> but but when I, I notice myself when I drag myself through the doors, because sometimes I post on, on Instagram or not saying, guys, I don't like this any more than anybody else sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I drag myself through doors. I have a choice in that moment to decide what that session is gonna be like. And that session can be painful with the clock. It's the slowest hour of the day. Okay, you keep checking the clock. Like at school when you were a kid, it's like, when's this lesson going to end? And Or it can be, no, I'm at this. Let's do this. Okay, and have some fun and, 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 and make it an experience. Yeah. Where the time goes much quicker and you feel much better about it. But it's a choice. It's always a choice. Mm -hmm. What impact does, does your subconscious have when dealing with your consciousness? Because I see your subconscious as a risk management device. Mm -hmm. Those people that lay on the, the sofa watching Netflix, eating Cheetos or whatever it may be, with yep. a remote control on the chest, that's your subconscious, subconscious saying, chill out, man. Don't make an effort here. We need to take it easy. I think that happens. I think it's really important for when you're in that situation, your subconscious is taking over and you catch yourself. Because it goes back to mindfulness. You have to be mindful to even notice that you're doing that. But when you catch yourself, the biggest mistake that people make is they punish themselves as opposed to affording themselves compassion. So I teach a lot of for the self-love, self-care. You, Like I said, when you ran into yourself and you really loved yourself, that feeling that I'm awesome, you got to call upon that. And then you also have to gift yourself compassion. So if you're in a Netflix and chill kind of state and you've sat on the couch for a little too long and you've watched a little too much Netflix and you've ate the whole tub of ice cream, at the end, instead of beating yourself up, Gift yourself compassion. Okay, I did this today. I'm not gonna do it next time. Well, I probably will do it next time, but you know what? I love myself enough to be okay with it this time. But let me change something because I don't wanna do this again. Okay. Instead of, I'm so stupid, I'm so dumb, I'm so bad, I can't believe I did this, and beating yourself up. That doesn't work. You've looked at a lot of people's personal brands along the way, and you've yeah. probably seen some howlers. Yes. Um, so some real room you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. I see those all the time. That must be easy for you to find clients. Though. So you send them a message. What are you doing? Anyway. Yes, they have. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when, when you, when you see people getting it wrong, knowing what they have to do to get it right mm -hmm. is, is completely obvious to you, isn't it? It's Always. Like, so obvious. Always. But, but to a lot of people, it's not, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, it's not, it's not, it's not obvious at all. It's like, 
you know, I thought, I thought my Insta was quite good actually. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you look at me, I feel confused. Yeah. So let's say we, we talk about mindfulness and we get that box ticked. Come on, Spence, yes. we're gonna get you in the right frame of mind. I'm like, Sandy, loving this, okay? I'm on, the, I'm on the journey with you. Yes. Okay, and you're like, you've got to be authentic. It's really important you're authentic. I'm like, Sandy, you got it, okay? I'm gonna be Mr. Authentic, okay? You have my word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a good frame of mind ready to go. Okay, I've decided I'm going to be authentic. Okay, and we go through, and you're like, Spence, tell me exactly what you do. I say, Well, I've got this company, this company, this company. I do this, I do this, I do this, and do this. Okay, how do you then practice? So I'm paying you money as one of your students. How are you going to take this information? How are you going to fix me? Like, really fix me? All right, not tell me what to do, but fix me because I'm. I'm sure many of your clients are going to sit there and go, I don't know what to do, just tell me. Mm-hmm. And I'm a bit like that, you know? It's like, like these guys that are filming us and whatnot. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what the buttons on the camera do. I don't want to know how to edit stuff. You know what you're doing. Just, oh, right, money, go, 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 go. So with you, how are you going to do that with me? What's, what's the exact step-by-step process we're going to go through? Because I want to make sure that people understand that because I know there's people listening and watching this right now yeah. that are sitting there, maybe not saying, that's me, that's me, but they're probably going, hmm, that could be me so and they don't want to be fearful of embarking on a journey like that right well first i'm going to make it clear that there's nothing to fix you're not broken you're perfect you just have to show the different sides of you that make you special and that's what most people aren't doing so they're cluttering up their feed they're cluttering up themselves with like like we had discussed earlier how they want the world to see them yeah so it's about shedding that first how so the way is we go back to understanding how you were as a child. Understanding, really? believe it okay, or so not, that's the core. That. Now, now you understood as a child. What, what are my practical steps? Let's say I'm literally your client, mm-hmm. okay? What are my practical first three steps I need to take, actionable steps that I need to take that you're gonna, you're gonna okay, own? Okay, so we know how to define yourself. That goes to defining how you are as a child and how you are now. Then I have you go on a process of getting other words. We source them through other ways. You decide what those words are gonna be. So now you know, you want to show up as intelligent. You want to show up as uh, an entrepreneur who gives back, charitable, right? You show up as compassionate, but still funny, quirky, cheeky, whatever your words are. We know what those words are. Then we have to decide what is your intention? What do you want to do? Now you know what your intention is, you know what your words are. Then we create a look. So when you show up, you express that right away. So if your words are professional and intelligent, You're gonna dress in a way that when someone looks at you, they go, yeah, he looks really smart. He looks so professional, I wanna work with him. As opposed to you're not gonna show up in a hoodie and tennis shoes and look like a slob. You're not, because it doesn't match the words that you've written for yourself. And it doesn't match the intention that you want. So we're gonna deal with essentially looking at my personal image, my physical image. Yes, and what you're wearing and how you're showing up. So that's your haircut, that's the way that you're dressed, that's the way that the environment that you're in, maybe maybe you look a certain way, but your office that you're always doing videos in looks like hell. It's messy, right? So we're going to get that organized. Then the next step is creating that story. So what is the stuff that people are going to discover about you? And it might not even be something you ever say. It's just what they discover. So what is written on the web about you? What is written in articles about you? If somebody goes to your social media, what does the little bio caption say about you? So now they're discovering things. Does that match now the way you look? the way that you define yourself and the intention that you have. If it matches, you're almost there. Then the next step is curating all of that and putting it out there online. So maybe you have more PR opportunities. Maybe you have to get written up in more uh, articles on your own website. Maybe you're gonna start your own blog. Maybe you do your own podcast. You have one, so you're already ahead of, uh, of other people, right? So it's really getting clear on that. And then lastly, It's how you actually carry yourself. Because you can dress the part, you can have all the words look fabulous online. You can have people introduce you as, this is Spencer and he's so amazing because of X, Y, and Z. But if you walk in the room and your words are intelligent, charismatic, and charming, and funny, and you're slouching and you're cowering from people and you're pulling away, all of a sudden there's a disconnect, there's a mismatch. They're gonna see it and read it and see you and go, whoa, that's not the guy that we expected. So now it's about carrying yourself. So I teach you how to carry yourself in public to match all of the other work that we've done. And the effectiveness of that is now you are attracting people that when they see you, they get you right away. When they look you up, they are very clear on who you are. You never have to even say it yourself because they go, oh, oh, I know who you are. And the best part is they can repeat and talk about you. 
because virality isn't how many views you have on social media. It's about how many people are spreading the word about you and how accurate that word is so that other people want to connect with you. That's what I teach. That's really powerful. How long does that take? We could do it in as little as 12 weeks if it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I say little because some of this is a lot of work. I mean, you have to write out some stuff to get it right, right? Uh, but if you do the online course, it's nine weeks. You can do it yourself in nine weeks. So if, if I, I was coached by you one-to-one, -one, within 12 weeks, I would have a new image. New image. I would carry myself differently. You would People be in love with talk. yourself. You would. <laughs> I can't tell you the transformation. I recently had a guy who was so depressed. He was completely lost in, in the direction that he wanted to go with his life. He was feeling miserable. He was down. He had nothing positive to say about himself. Within five weeks, he was a completely different person. He was so excited and, oh my gosh, look at my new board, my mood board. Look at, I'm getting a haircut. I'm gonna do this. I have this business idea. It was like a completely different person. And the way that he was communicating with others was impacting lives far greater than it was before. God, it reminds me of that movie, Hitch. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. Uh, yeah. I think I dance like that guy too. And, and you're right. This isn't just about business. This is about everything. A lot of my clients come to me because they want to find their lifelong love match. Well, if you are, for example, a woman and you take pictures of yourself and you put them on social media where you look super sexy and sultry and all these amazing things, and then the guy shows up and you don't match that in any way, shape or form. You're more conservative, you're covered up, you're more shy. They're gonna be turned off immediately because that's not what their brain had envisioned. Well, if you show up as you actually are, let's say you're a little shy, but you're fun and you smile a lot, you're playful and the picture is representative of that and someone sees that, yeah, maybe they want the sex kitten. Okay, you don't want that person anyways. But if they look at that and they go, no, she looks so playful and fun and really like she's gonna nurture me and love me and be someone who just truly wants to be with me. I want that woman. And then you show up as that there's gonna be a greater connection and the person's gonna fall deeper in love with you than ever because it's real, it's authentic. And that's what people are missing in the world. Especially when you see on social media, everyone's only putting happy face, happy face, happy face. And look at me, I'm sexy. And look at me, I'm pretty. And look at me, I have so many filters on. That's not real because when you show up and you're down and you're out and you dress sloppy and you're not as pretty, so you're self-conscious so you keep hiding your face because you don't want people to see that you're not as pretty as the filter. That's not real. Be really you. That's why you see influencers who do body, I say body positivity, like they're showing that they have stretch marks. They're showing that they have cellulite. They're showing themselves without makeup. They're showing how they look in the morning and you're in love with them, even though they're showing all of these things because they're actually being themselves and they're being goofy and fun and playful with it. That's more engaging and intriguing and you want to be a diehard raving fan of that person than the girl who's on social media being flawless and everything in their life is perfect. Same thing goes for men. If the guy's acting macho, look at my success, I'm big baller, da, da 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 And then you find out later that everything's rented and they're broke. Would you trust that person? No. But if you watch their story and their story, they say, listen, this is hard, it's not working for me here, but this is what I did to fix it. You instantly trust that person. You instantly wanna hire that person, work with that person, follow that person, and talk about that person. So you have to decide, who do you wanna be? Wow, that's got me thinking, that has for sure. Really got me thinking. I wasn't expecting to have this conversation. <laughs> I, I really wasn't. It's made me, made me think differently about a few things. It's quite, you know, my wife thinks I, I, I'm not into, into fashion, yeah? And my wife, Anna, is like, you need some new clothes. And I'm like, I've got clothes. Mm -hmm. And one of our friends, Kelly, is a stylist. And she's like, call Kelly. Go shopping with Kelly for the day. She'll sort you out. It's the biggest mistake you could ever make. Okay, so we know Kelly really well. Kelly takes me to the store and she's like, get in the changing room. And she came and she threw clothes over the top of the changing room, put that on, put that on. Now, some of them looked okay, okay? And others, I'm like, why are you making me wear this? You hated it. Yeah, absolutely. That's because that's not authentically you. It's because you don't know who you authentically are. And believe Is it because I don't know who I authentically am or because my authentic authenticity is jeans and a t-shirt? That could very well be, or you just don't know. And here's one of the cool things about what I teach. I take you through a process to subconsciously define what your authentic style is. That's how you dress and you never even knew it. It might be completely different. You might say it's that and then you go through the process and you're like, <laughs> I don't know why I was ever wearing that. No wonder I hated it. 
I've had people go through their closets after going through this process and go, I had so much red. I hate red. I only had red because people gave it to me and I have so much of it. I got rid of all the red and I have completely different colors that I never thought I would love and I love them. They make me excited because when you're wearing something that you feel good about subconsciously, your confidence comes out. The way you carry yourself changes, the way you speak, the way you move, the way you interact with other people because you love what you're wearing. It's not a subconscious, I loathe this outfit, I hate this color, I hate this. You're doing it with purpose and intention now. My daughter's telling me all the time, Dad, have you got anything other than dark blue in your wardrobe? And I'm like, I like dark blue, dark blue's good, you know? And uh, so I'm very comfortable in dark blue, so. Exactly. And if you have dark blue and everything's dark blue and you own it, and then you have the styles and the textures that you subconsciously love, you won't care what anyone says. You're gonna rock out like, look at me, I'm in my dark blue suit. I've got my dark blue shirt. I've got my dark, dark blue, blue fleece and my hiking boots. I'm rocking it, <laughs> but I have my cognac shoes. <laughs> it's been really, really interesting learning. What it really is, because you got me thinking, and that's why I don't have so many questions at the moment, because I'm sitting thinking and processing, but I'm, I'm not processing for anybody else. I'm literally processing for me. The girls that, 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 that work with me and the team that run all of this behind the scenes, they say, Spencer, your podcast episodes are like a pers personal Google questionnaire. <laughs> You're going on to Google to find the answers. You just find them from your guests. Yeah. And I think I found a lot of stuff from you today. Great. What, what was your, okay, so there's, what's this, the third time we've met, fourth time we've met maybe? The third time I believe. Third time we've met, okay, so the third time we've met. What was your first impression of me? I know that Ken was like, what's your cool thing? And I'm like, holy shit, don't ask me, don't ever ask me that question, that was a tough question we to We jumped ask. on you pretty quick. Within seconds. But what was your first impression of me? You, you didn't know in. me, I've gone into that house to see my friend, Okay, I didn't know you guys were there, okay, for sure. You're standing in the kitchen and you're eating away on some food. Are you sure food. you want me to tell you? Be honest, yeah, be honest. Okay. Or maybe Shy. not, hold on, do you want to whisper? No. Shy. Shy, right. I saw underlying confidence, but I felt like you didn't know how to represent it. So I felt like you were confused with who you were. You were battling with two versions of you. I could see it in the way that you moved. Your movements were very confident, but you made yourself small. That brought the shyness in. Really? Yeah. So I was looking at you going, oh boy. Okay, so then, 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 then I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I was there for about an hour, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then I left. Did you and Ken have uh, any conversation about me as to what I was like or what you both thought I was like? After you left? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, what were your, both of your opinions? That you were a very interesting person and we liked you a lot. So you were the opposite of what you were when you walked in. But we had to dig that out of you. Give us your speed to cool. Tell us about you. We had to, it wasn't was an interrogation because you walked in completely bloop. And then when you left, we're like, that's a fascinating man. That's a man we would love to have in our life because he is interesting. He's a good person. He's kind. And he's doing well for the planet. That was obvious. But you didn't show that when you walked in. Fascinating. So... For everybody that's listening to this right now, and I know there's some of you out there and you guys that might be watching this too, okay? And ladies with husbands or boyfriends or, or colleagues or bosses, you might be thinking about that kind of situation, that kind of person or yourself. I reckon there's, I'm, as I'm thinking about my audience, I reckon there's a lot of people that right now be listening to this saying to themselves, that, that, that's actually me. Mm -hmm that don't have that confidence. Now, if you can help guys find girlfriends, then that's a whole different, that's a whole different oh, conversation. Oh, absolutely, and I can help the girls find the men too. Oh, wow, okay, <laughs> you, just, you just want a whole new audience now on the back of that sentence. How would, how would they go about it? I know you run your courses, but what would be, because a lot of people would be fearful to take that first step. Yeah, it's scary. When you have to face the reality that who you're showing up as isn't who you actually are, and you have to change something, that's scary, who wants to change something? It's comfortable. But the biggest pain that people have is staying exactly where they are. They don't know that's the biggest pain though. But they're staying there because it's comfortable. Yeah. But then I don't have the relationship I want. I don't have the success I want. I'm not happy all the time. How come I see these people on Instagram, they're always happy and I'm miserable. How come people don't react to me? Why, do, why when I walk into a room, my friends get all the attention and I don't get any attention? Why am I always the last one picked? Why do people not make eye contact with me? I don't want to have to talk to that person. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Those are the things that go through people's minds. So for that guy that's sitting there right now, that's in my audience, that doesn't want to go 
doing making a big step because it's uncomfortable to do so would the, would the sensible thing for them just be to maybe just send you a message on instagram and just say hey i listened to your spencer's podcast i've got a couple of questions would that be a a safe move yeah, for them of course rather than you know the symbols and you know the hand they're coming down the street no i'm gonna go find sunday <laughs> <laughs> well my instagram is at sandy in focus yeah. So like a camera lens in focus, get it, haha, in focus, because I started out in photography. Uh, so at Sandy in Focus, send me a message, be happy to help you, or you can visit sandyinfocus.com. And I heard I heard a rumor they get a 50% discount or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're going to pay the other half? No. I heard that too. It's That's great. Like, <laughs> you are so philanthropic. What a kind human being you are. I was right. <laughs> Sandy, thank you so much for coming to join us today. It's thank been a lot of fun talking to you and it really opened my eyes. And uh, whilst I'm sat here uncomfortable, I'm processing and hopefully we'll get to the other side. Yes, we can do that. Thank you, Spencer. So guys, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please do me a favor and leave a five-star rating. You know, I say that, I've said that 160 odd times now on the back of every single episode. So please do it if you're on iTunes. If you're listening on other podcast apps, then leave us some love, give us some follows, likes, whatever it is that you can do. Because the more people that hear about this, the more people that get to listen to these fantastic stories of these incredible people that we have on the show. I'll see you next time. So it's always important to mention people that you partner with and partners for the podcast are Najahi Events and Najahi Tribe. Now, Najahi sounds like an unusual word, and it is, but it's Arabic for my success. And Najahi have brought some of the world-leading public speakers, motivational speakers, inspirational leaders across to Dubai over the course of the years, and Abu Dhabi, mind you. And Najahi brought, I don't know, people like Tony Robbins, ever heard of him? Okay, Nick Vujicic, no arms, no legs, no worries, Lisa Nichols, Prince EA, Jay Shetty, uh, Alicia Keys, and people like this. And they bring them in and they run events. And from those events, we go and we learn from these incredible people. On top of that, they launched the Najahi tribe recently, where they have a collective of the world's greatest trainers that literally you can join, become a member of, take advantage of a training from all of these different people, like real experts in their field. I've got a sneaky suspicion I might be one of them as well. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully you will go and check them out for me because you enjoyed these episodes of the podcast. And remember, it's always team effort and I can't do it without the support of these people. So go check out Najahi Events, N-A-J-A-H-I events.com. I'll see you soon.